Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. And so we're going to continue in this series. um, And I want to dive into 1 Corinthians 13. It's known as the love chapter. And, uh, you know, everywhere in this chapter where it says love, it is agape love. It is the God kind of love. And, And this chapter starts describing when what happens when love is absent. So in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've becoming sounding brass or clanging cymbal. You make a bunch of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and uh, all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. These are powerful words uh, that when we're when we can operate in the gifts of the, the spirit, we can live a radical generosity, even some burning. Oh, but you can be so radical in your generosity. But if you don't have love, it's nothing. You can have great faith that you're like, okay, I'm not going to climb that mountain. I'm just going to move it. And you could have that faith. But if you don't have love, it profits you nothing. Now, it goes on to define what this God kind of agape love is. In verse 4, it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Uh, Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But love never fails fails. So that is what is the God kind, agape kind of love. Now in there, I find it interesting. Prophecy, it's going to pass away. Tongues will pass away. Knowledge, words of knowledge will pass away. Why? When Jesus comes, all that will be fulfilled. You don't really need that anymore. But love will remain. Love will remain. But after those, after this love chapter, after it's all love, love, what love is, what it is without, um, It defines the importance of it, what love is. There's a call to action. In verse 13, uh, and then uh, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now check this out. Pursue love. Pursue love. The writer of 1 Corinthians, he calls us to action. Not just to be like, oh, this is like a nice portion of scripture. I really wish that we would have included that part in my wedding. Like that was so nice, right? I've quoted that so many times in weddings. But there's actually a call to action. And that's this, is to follow love. To follow love. Today, the title of my message is Follow Love. Follow Love. Now, before Natalie and I were dating, 
uh, we were in a young adults small group. Good things happen in small groups. Yeah. And, um, and so we were in a young adult small group and we were the car, like we were going to go play dodgeball at some gym. And I didn't know where we were going, um, but my car was loaded up with um, young adults who didn't drive. And her car was loaded up with, with people who didn't have a car. I'm pretty sure Chris was there too with a car full. And, and so Natalie knew where everything was go where we were going because it was her gym. And, uh, and so we were going to follow her. I didn't know. And so she said, just follow me. So I hop in the car. All of a sudden, soon as she like starts her engine, it is like she is like pedal to the metal in like Indy 500. She is like NASCAR. I don't know. She is just going. Usually, when you're like having someone follow you to an unknown location, you might slow down a little bit. You might check to see if they're behind you a little bit. Not Natalie Schwartz. No, no, no. She went faster. She started weaving in and out of traffic, going this way, going that way. The whole time I was looking, where is that black Kia Soul? Where is it? Where is it? And I had to change my driving because I was following Natalie. I knew where I wanted to go but I didn't know the route right and she's like can I make that can I make can I keep, yeah, keep up Josiah I had to change my driving I wouldn't say I'm passive I just say I don't like tickets um but now now Natalie like she's like can I make that yellow light yes I'm like do I have to make that red light yes and I go I follow but I had to change how I was driving. She knew the route. I knew where I wanted to go was the gym. But in order for me to get to the gym, I needed to follow Natalie. I needed to change the way I was driving. I had to continually, like seriously, keep my head on a swivel of where is this black car? Where is it? Because she had a route. And if I wanted to get to the gym, I had to follow her. I had to change where I was going, right? I had to change where I was going. And I think there can be times in life where we're unsure of how to navigate through this. Like we know where we want to go, but we're not sure the route to where to go, right? You know how you want to end, but it's like, I don't know how to get there. How do I navigate this challenging situation so that the end result is I want a good result. I want things to be good, right? How do I navigate this decision that's in front of me that will impact the relationships in my life? I know like I want it to be good, but how do I, how do I navigate through that? Or what about like difficult conversations and relationships? Like I want to confront someone uh, on how their actions are, are affecting me, but I don't know how to navigate. Or I want to hold someone to, to be accountable to call them to a higher level or bring up that topic that you know is like just a topic of like, okay, let's go, right? Like with that person that's touchy. And maybe you ask Google, you ask Google, right? Like, how do I do this? You ask Google um, and you say, Google, um, how does the Bible say to tell my husband to stop putting dishes on the sink when the dishwasher, on the counter when the dishwasher is right there? Um, you know, <laughs> without causing a fight. Uh, maybe, um, hey, Google, how do, what does the Bible say um, to tell your friend their, their decisions they're making, the patterns that they're doing are, are causing chaos in their life and they're continually going around without them blowing up at me? 
Or Google, how do I deal with that jerk of a client that always is so rude to me? Right? Um, and well, just because I was like, I'm going to give these examples, I'm going to Google to see what comes up. Nothing comes up good. Like nothing comes up that is useful. But you know your destination of where you want to go. Have you ever been there? Right? You know that the destination you want is, well, both spouses contributing to household responsibilities. Or to see your friend flourish and get out of the crazy cycle of going around and around. Or for that client not to be, well, that client. Right? So how do you do that? I I know where I want to go, but I'm just not sure how to get there. You know, 1 Corinthians uh, 14 tells us how to navigate those difficult conversations, those challenging uh, choices that impact relationships in our lives. It's this. It's to follow love. To follow the agape love in this situation, in this conversation. The, the, the God kind of love. In the same way that I was keeping my eye on Natalie, who I don't know if she was like testing me of like, okay, is this guy worth dating? Can he keep up with me? But in the same way that I was on a swivel of where is she going? Where is she going? In that same way to get to the destination, we need to look for what way is love going? What way is the love of God going? And this sets the path and navigation through those difficult conversations, those situations, is to follow love. Now, sometimes when it comes to confronting, like confronting conversations, um, or when someone needs to be like corrected or called to a higher way of doing things or keeping people accountable, it can be easy for some people to just be a bull in a china shop, right? Like you can just go at them like, okay, Here we go. And it's like fighting glove time of like, this is what you're doing wrong. This is why you're always doing this and like attacking the person. You know, you always this, do this. You are fill in the blank. And a bull in the china shop, when you're done, they know where you stand for sure. Like they were there for sure. They know where you stand. But the problem is when you're a bull in a china shop is there are broken pieces as well. And, and the problem with that is that that broken China, that's actually God's China, right? Those are sons and daughters of God. Those are people that, that God said, know what? They are worth the price of perfection. They are worth Jesus. That's how much I value them. So bull in the China shop, not the greatest because they're valued. You know, Ephesians 4.15 says this. It says, but speaking the truth in love uh, may grow up in all things into him. And it's talking about the church uh, who is the head Christ. But right there it says, speaking the truth in love. You know, you can say the right thing the wrong way. You know, we are called as Christians to speak the truth in love. But outside of love, no matter how true it is, um, it will always be wrong and destructive instead of being constructive. When it's outside of love, even though you might be nailing it like I've done over and over, put the dish on the counter. But if it's out of love, it's going to be destructive, right? Um, because the goal of any confrontation is really is reconciliation and construction to be building together. Uh, you know, I also notice in the scripture, it doesn't say speak your truth, right? There, there is no like sliding scale of truth. There's only one truth named Jesus. Now there's, 
there's perspective. There's like how I see it, how I feel, but there's only one truth. And we're to speak the truth in love. On the flip side, so there's the bull in the china shop default people. And then there are people like me where I'm a bit more, like by default, I'm a peacemaker. Like, let's all get along. Let's all just like, come on, everybody. Just don't talk. But something that I learned and I've grown uh, is that in order to have a good relationship, you need to have open communication, including confronting, including confronting and having those difficult conversations. You know, Natalie and I, just this past week, we celebrated eight years uh, married, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! But um, part, of, part of a healthy relationship is being able to speak the truth in love. Or else there will be underlying issues that will lead to resentment or unresolved offense or bitterness. Um, you know, when we were first married, you know, Natalie, Natalie would do something very rarely, but Natalie would do something that would bother me and I wouldn't address it. Like I was a really good, like, you know, did you ever like go camping and like with a sleeping bag and you like stuff it into like the little sleeping bag? That's what I'd do with it. I would stuff it down. Maybe it didn't even fit there, but I would stuff it down and not address it. But I learned, you know what? Um, eventually it will come out again and usually not well. Right? Um, you know, uh, maybe for you, it might come out as an aggressive, passive aggressive comment. Uh, that's no good. That's not constructive. Maybe it'll be like a volcano coming out where you just explode and you're like, whoa. But even if it's not your default, right here, it's important to confront. It's important to speak the truth in love for healthy, meaningful relationships. If I would have kept pushing stuff down, I don't know, like, I think our road would have been a lot more bumpy. But I learned. I learned. Right. <laughs> so in difficult conversations, in difficult conversations, how do we navigate to where we want to go? You know, not being a bull in a china shop and also not just allowing everything um, to be never addressed and then it builds up eventually. How are we to do this? We're to follow love. What would love do? How would love navigate my conversation? What way would love set my words for the choices that impact my family in my life, impact relations with my family, maybe my friends, my church fam? What way would love go? What would love do? And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, it tells us what love would do what love would do in that direction of it. In the message, it says this. I like how it says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a, a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, bull in the china shop, don't keep, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't uh, revel when others grovel, takes no pleasure in, in uh, takes pleasure in following the truth, puts up with everything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, you could add there, in people, 
never looks back, but always keeps go, uh, but keeps going to the end. So practically, what does that look like? Ask yourself these reflecting questions. When I'm going into a conversation, or maybe when I'm in a conversation, take a minute to pause and like, is this what I'm saying right now? Is this caring about the other person? Is it, is it boastful? Am I keeping a score of everything they did wrong and then throwing it back into their face because I'm a great scorekeeper? Here's the score, right? Am, am I um, looking for the best in that person? Am I seeing them as God sees them? No, am, am, am I approaching this conversation as me first? Here's my agenda. Let me ram it through. Am I flying off the handle? You know, following the love of God that's laid out in 1 Corinthians 13 sets a route for us to follow um, through and to navigate through conversations and decisions that affect and impact our relationships. And as, as we follow love in our relationships and in our conversations with our spouse, with our friends, with our church fam, with just in general people, it will cause you to build healthy relationships. And I think you'll actually start to enjoy your relationships that you'll enjoy. You know, I think one thing about like our current world culture is the world is really good at like following after like the lust, like what, what I want right now. Like I want, I crave, this would feel really good right now. I want a cupcake, crave. But uh, following lust, what I want, what I crave, um, what would make me feel good has destroyed families, has destroyed relationships, has caused hardship, right? Whether it's unfaithfulness, mountains of, of debt, because I want and crave this right now, so I'm going to take on debt for this. I think it produces uh, unfulfilled emptiness. You know, it produces addiction. But when it comes to uh, confrontations or difficult conversations. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but we want to do what your flesh wants, right? Like if I could only just give them a piece of my mind, like if I could only set them straight, maybe you don't say it to their face, but you do a text or an email that is scathing with emojis and exclamation marks. But I'm going to take a strip off them. But just as following lust sexually or, or materially can destroy, following the lust of your flesh when it comes to confrontations or conversations actually brings destruction to those relationships as well. You know, in 1 John 2, it says this. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You know, the, the lust of the flesh, like what I really wanted to say right now, what I really just would make me feel so good right now, it's actually not going to last. It's going to be destructive. And it's not anything to do with what the love of God is, right? Like, 
lust is really just a perversion and a cheap imitation of love. Uh, but as Christians, we are called to a higher standard, to choose to walk in love. You know, love is a, a choice. It's not an urge. We choose to follow love. We choose in every aspect of our life to follow love. And this love that we're to follow actually has been deposited into our hearts. Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. God's love is in you and we get the opportunity to follow love and walk in it. Now, maybe when you hear follow love, you, you maybe you think of like following flowers and butterflies and like frolicking and skipping through a field. Like that it's that following love is like weak, that it's, 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 it's passive, but actually the love of God is not passive at all. The love of God that we are called to follow that is in us is not weak at all, but is powerful. The agape love is actually the love that changed the course of humanity. It is what caused God to then finally say, you know what, I'm stepping down onto earth. I'm coming, putting on a flesh suit, taking the, the sins of the world, Jesus coming. What caused, what caused Jesus to go to the cross? You know, this love never gives up. In Romans 8, 38 to 39, speaking of the love of God, God's love for you, it says, For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is how God loves you. And this is the love that is deposited in you. It is a powerful, passionate, unshakable, unstoppable love. The love that's been deposited in you is actually a fearless love. In 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. But perfect love, that's speaking of the God kind of love. What does it do? It casts out fear. That is a fearless love. Like, right, like, like what a parent is like standing up for their kid. Like I've heard of stories of like standing up to bears or crazy. That is a fearless love. And that and now we have got the next level because it is the love of God. Who's then God said, uh-uh, this sin thing, it's not getting in the way. I'm stepping in. That is the love that you have that is fearless. So we have the opportunity to walk in that love, that courageous love. You know, Jesus, he really says this in John uh, 13, 34. He tells us that, hey, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's intense. Love one another as I have loved you, that you uh, also love one another. So, you know, as we walk in love, as we follow love, not only will we navigate through those conversations and those difficult times, but we're actually being like Jesus. That as we follow what God has commanded us to do, that we are like him. As we allow love to lead us in our daily lives to be the fuel for our life, I believe your life will actually have an impact on people's eternity and that they will see God move in power in their lives. You know, throughout the gospel, whenever we see Jesus, when he was moved with compassion, miracles happened. 
right? Like a woman's son was raised from the dead when Jesus was moved with compassion. 4,000 people were fed when Jesus was moved with compassion. Blind eyes touched and opened when Jesus was moved with compassion. Where does compassion come from? It comes from the love of God. It's the love that he has. Jesus' love for people caused him to be moved with compassion and he acted and miracles happened. I believe Jesus did this like he, on earth, he did this to demonstrate for us as well. Is that as we follow love, that we will actually see miracles. That, that Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. That, that love is actually the fuel for faith. So the more you walk in the love of God, the more fuel you have for your faith, right? So that as we walk in the love of God, you will then be, as Jesus was, moved with compassion to act. Because agape love always acts. It's not a passive thing. Agape love causes action. God so loved agape that he gave his his son. He acted, right? So then you will take faith-filled steps fueled by love. And I believe you'll see miracles, that you'll see physical healings, supernatural breakthroughs, God miraculously making a way, supernatural provision. Why? Because you follow love uh, in your life. And that love is then causing compassion to swell up within you. And then it's like a vicious cycle because then that love, that swelled up compassion is now going to fuel your faith um, so that and then God will move. See, we're called to follow love the love of God in our relationships, in our conversations. Uh, and when we do, I believe we'll build our relationships and actually bring healing even to relationships, health to relationships. As a church community, can I challenge you to make a commitment that I will follow love with my conversations, with doing life with my brothers and sisters. And as we do, I believe that God will then use that to build and continue to build a healthy body. Follow love. You know, I believe we have an opportunity today to follow love. And as we do, we are moved with compassion to take steps of faith and move as God sees us. And as we do, I believe that he will actually establish his kingdom that God will establish his kingdom in Jesus' name to follow love. So just like Josiah with Natalie, where is she going? Oh my goodness. Can I encourage you to have your head on a swivel of where's God's love going? Where, and then follow his love. And as you do, he will, it will lead you to a place where they'll build healthy conversation, strong relationships, and that his kingdom would be established on earth. That you'll see God move in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support and partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.